Stay tuned for The Turning Point with Mike Fader. to be free. I would like to know how it feels to be awake. You know, I, I have so much trouble sleeping these days. I know old people have trouble sleeping. And uh, they don't need that much sleep, I guess. I don't know. Because they don't put out that much energy. Whatever it is. Um, but, well, I shouldn't say lately. I never had... I could never sleep right. Since I was a kid, I have never slept right. And uh, I don't know what REM sleep. I've read about REM sleep. I don't think I've had one minute of REM sleep in my entire life. So there's uh, so there's no there's no telling for me what's a dream and what's reality because the actual deepest dreams don't ever come up. Uh, they just sort of filter up uh, in little uh, mini versions of themselves or nightmares during the daytime. Anyhow, what happens is if you don't sleep. And people who don't sleep very much or don't sleep well most of their lives know what this means. If you don't sleep at night, then you wind up being uh, half tired or tired a lot during the daytime. And um, you, uh, you, so these days, since I hardly sleep at all, I spend a lot of my time, uh, half the time asleep during the day and with my eyes closed, you know. Hopefully I'm not walking around outside with my eyes closed, but maybe that's next. But... Um, this is what happens. It's <laughs> so uh, the, the sense of reality which I had about the world, which was always tenuous or fragile uh, these days, is almost non-existent. But uh, while I have a moment, or if I have a moment here of clarity, uh, what I'm going to describe, I'm going to describe something which is, and this is sort of what I'm talking about, it's a function of my general state of being for a long, long time, but especially for the last few years. I look around at the world, and I'm surprised, actually amazed, 
maybe even sometimes shocked at things that appear to be completely new, as if they just materialized out of thin air five minutes ago. Like everything is like brand new. It probably shouldn't be. Some of the things I see or trends or people, way people, whatever's going on, it's almost always related what seems brand new to me to technology. And some of these things are fairly new. You know, everything's new all the time. Maybe within the last few months or even weeks, some new improvement or whatever. And some of the things I look around and seem brand new to me have been around probably for years or even decades. And I think the only way to describe this is probably my own personal. It's like Rip Van Winkle syndrome. Call it Rip Van Winkle syndrome. Like I fell asleep 20, 40, or even 60 years ago, and I just woke up in a completely alien environment. Uh, Maybe it's just the... uh, fuzzy nostalgia, you know, combined with this awful nostalgia of old age that some people have, which I have, you know, things, uh, things were much better back in the old days. Yeah, 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 old timer. It was better back in the day, I know. But uh, everything seems brand new to me, like I never even saw it happen in front of my own eyes. Take me out to the ball game, sung by Edward Meeker, Edison Record. was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad, just to root for the hometown through every zoo, Katie Blue. On a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see a show, but Miss Kate said no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game, take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and crackers, Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Katie Casey saw all the games. Knew the players by their first names. Told the umpire he was wrong all along. Good and strong. When the score was just two to two, Katie Casey knew what to do. Just to cheer up the boys she knew, she made the gang sing this song. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Yep. I don't care if I... Ne- take me out to the ball game. I don't care if I never get back. <laughs> that has a, has a certain appeal to me. And, you know, with baseball. I grew up along with most of the rest of the country with baseball. I mean, um, it just wouldn't have seemed like America when I was growing up in the 50s. It wouldn't seem like America without baseball. I mean, take away uh, baseball and uh, going to the games and the players and uh, whatever. I mean, and watching games on TV or listening on the radio, which people were doing before the game showed up. On TV, I mean, would that actually have been America? I mean, there was hockey and there was basketball and football, yeah, of course. But when I was uh, a kid in the 50s with the U.S. cat sneakers and the dungarees and the white T-shirt and the crew cut, it was all baseball, at least in my neighborhood anyhow. Um, Once in a while, I went to a game. I actually went to a baseball game, but uh, there wasn't enough money really, and there weren't uh, guys around to take me to the game, so I didn't really get to games. Uh, but like everybody else, I listened over the radio, and then when we got the TV, you know, I watched it on the TV, later on the color TV, the first baseball games I saw were um, in black and white. Now we're talking about dinosaurs, right? Anyhow, I've been watching a lot of baseball uh, these last couple of months, and I'm amazed at the supremacy you know, like that the triumph of numbers, statistics, and analytics, whatever the fuck that means, have gained over what I remember back in the good old days, right, as being a, a pretty straightforward and not overly complicated game. Um, now, I say that because I grew up with it. I mean, when you had to learn the basic rules and you had to learn the player positions. In fact, baseball is an extremely complicated game. 
It's like a gigantic live chess game with many more considerations and moves and thinking involved with, than all the other sports. Um, but since I grew up with it and I learned it, you know, uh, every day, every hour as I went along, you know, baseball cards, uh, uh, watching TV, listening on the radio, people talking about baseball, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there was a guy who was visiting me yesterday. A guy came over, and he's originally um, – he, he came over from Eastern Europe about 15 years ago. He's 50. And uh, actually, um, he was, um, uh, you know, from uh, originally from the Ukraine, and he moved to Eastern Europe. Then he came to this country. So he's, a, he's already an adult, uh, along in years. And uh, <clears throat> yesterday I was sitting and watching a ball game after I'd finished doing some work. I was doing a turn on the Mets and the Cardinals, which was a very good game, by the way. And um, he's looking at it, <clears throat> and I say, do you have any idea what's going on? He says, no, this is the most complicated game I ever saw. So there you go, right? If you never saw a baseball game before, I guess you would think, and I could see how you would think it was complicated, but I, you know, I always regarded it as very straightforward and an easy game, and most of all, an enjoyable game. It's an enjoyable game. I mean, all, you know, watching sports on TV, you know, you have to deal with the insane commercials, which I'll get to in a little while. But there are always commercials. They're not, but they weren't as crazy. They weren't out of their minds, steroidal, manic as they are now. But, um, you know, uh, every game, every sports game you watch on TV is thrilling. It's exciting. You have a home team especially, right? Um, but, um, but uh, you know, it's enjoyable. And I always thought of all the games of all the different sports I've ever watched, and I've watched some football, watched basketball, there was a period in the 60s and 70s, my father was a big Knicks fan when I watched the Knicks all the time. And they were a good team then, so they weren't so hard to watch. They didn't give you, like, agita. <laughs> they were usually always very good, and they won a lot, which was nice. But a real fan, of course, sticks with a team for decades, even if they're losing and they're awful. Uh, You've got to be a real fan of the Mets right now to stick with them. By the way, anybody who's not interested in baseball... Um, don't feel like you have to tune away because what I'm going to talk about is something I th- I'm going to talk about baseball, but I'm going to also talk about symbols and signs of what goes on in baseball game. They're sort of reflection, I think, of a much deeper, wider, um, you know, trend or trends in society. So I watched all this stuff, but baseball I, was a particularly enjoyable game because it, it didn't go like a mile a minute and there was a lot of thinking and reflection, but there were lots of pauses Many pauses between plays in baseball. It wasn't, you know, straight action almost every minute, just like uh, most other sports are. Um, but anyhow, it's all numbers, analytics, numbers, mechanics. Sounds like we're talking about uh, machines here, right? Analytics, mechanics, uh, statistics, statistics everywhere about everything every minute. And it's not just all that stuff. It's, uh, it's also this, like, visual attack of, like, jumping, flashing, whirling, vision-impairing graphics. You know, they pop up on your screen like an untreatable skin disease. They're, all over, they're over the screen every second. I mean, numbers and statistics are always part of the game. I mean, people check the daily papers, you know, even back in the day. They checked the batting averages, uh, you know, if our team was out of first place. Uh, people kept scorecards of individual games and all like that. Um, and we all collected uh, baseball cards. I don't know. Do people there, – there are still baseball cards, I presume. And I wonder if people collect them. I don't know. But that was a really big thing when I was a kid. Uh, baseball card collecting was a big thing. And then on the back of each baseball card was the, the players and team statistics. But, you know, like his whole career was in their batting averages, home runs, whatever. Uh, but there's now – there's so much information. So you knew that all that stuff. There was information, yes. But now there's this gigantic – avalanche of information which buries you every minute far more than you want or need to know way more uh, you know and um, like I say analytics and they're always talking about analytics and mechanics and all this stuff to describe um, pictures mostly mechanics but this is the way you talk about machines it's to measure and predict the behavior of machines uh, but now it's all about uh, you know um, about, uh, you know, all this uh, analytical and mechanical stuff. And I think this is all part of like a creeping um, gigantic trend in society and a movement of the entire culture and society, which you can see economically everywhere, why people are out of jobs, is the robotization. Everything is turning into robots. Robots are taking over jobs. They're taking over um, analysis of things. They're taking over human observation and human behavior and human endeavor all the time. 
the robotization of things. And um, part of that has been taken over, is, is taking over the way baseball is seen, the way it's played, and the way it, the announcers and the commentators even, even talk about it. I mean, all this crap they talk about all the time, this unnecessary, mindless shit that they pile on you when you're watching a game. You just want to watch the game, right? And uh, there's the exit velocity, which is fairly new. You know what exit velocity is? Exit velocity, it's the speed at which a, a, a hit ball comes off the bat, right? The, and uh, they can tell you the average number of strikeouts against first batters faced by a pitcher. They can tell you, of course, the lead leaders in everything. But they also tell you the league leaders in speed from home to first base, the number of balls used in a game, which is far too many, the exact length of every home run, right? Slugging percentage on base percentage, which I don't, I don't quite even understand what a slugging percentage is. Pitch counts, pitch speeds. This is like, all this stuff is like mindless snack food and trivia without end, and they just keep piling it on. And you wonder, how, how did the old timers like me, <laughs> how did all the old farts and a couple of generations before me, too, managed to enjoy baseball games without being swamped by all this nonsense. How do, we, how, do we, how do we do it? How do we even understand the game or watch the game or enjoy it? How could it be without all this? What a terrible deprivation. I mean, how bleak and boring it must have been for us. <laughs> In fact, it was just the opposite, boys and girls. Uh, we enjoyed watching the games more because we didn't have all these distractions. That's the reason we enjoyed them even more. The, this brain-frying electronic locust storm of numbers is too much. And there's statistics, statistics. Uh, and, of course, all this is impossible without computers. This is all from computers. Computers obviously have changed uh, the entire way that everybody on Earth functions and lives and relates to each other, even the way they think, what they do. Uh, it alters their five senses. It alters your organs. It alters your brain patterns. I mean, you know. Uh, we're inside these computers now. We're adjusted to computers to the point where we sort of are part of them. They're not part of us. Um, all these high-speed computers and all the endless connections, everybody's connected to everybody all the time with all the numbers and the graphics. Uh, they're like, they're little baseball gremlins. You know, the, the guys who used to be uh, really into all these numbers and statistics and knew more than everybody else were kind of, we considered them nerds. They were considered nerdy guys back in the day. But now, these are guys with, you know, important, responsible positions. And they work for places called sports bureaus. There's a place called the Elias Sports Bureau, which supplies most of this, uh, you know, unnecessary information that you hear from the announcers. They these, these little gremlins, they sit at their screens all day long at night in some sports information bureau. And they can tell you uh, via, the, via the announcers. And this is the kind of stuff they tell you that, I mean, they go so far that they, they, they don't even know how far they've gone into a realm of uh, unnecessary information. They could tell you, for instance, something like this, that this is the third time since 1962 that a right-handed pitcher under the age of 25 struck out five left-handed hitters in a row during consecutive day games in the month of June when the temperature was over 85 degrees. Who the fuck cares? I mean, really, who cares? And they will tell you this stuff whether you want to hear it or not, and they know, they know just exactly how far off base an average runner is uh, taking a lead, maybe to steal, and who's the league leader in uh, taking leads off first base. Ah, uh, you know? I mean, no wonder people use opiates in the United States so much. I mean, it's nuts. And when it comes to... Uh, and then there's the, uh, these... Really annoying, intrusive graphics. I mean, this horrible. If you've watched any sports, uh, you'll see this. And you bet you watch baseball. It doesn't matter. They have this moving. This has been going on for like a long time now. This moving ribbon, this ribbon of information, which is moving along the bottom of the screen, all the while you're trying to watch a game and concentrate on it and figure out what's going on. There's at least, at the very least, a moving ribbon of uh, information, more than you want to know, uh, repetitive stuff. And it'll, it's telling you everything that you could read in a paper or look at some other day, which wouldn't distract you from the game you're watching now. This ribbon uh, at the bottom, I think it's maybe even called a sports ribbon or what's going on. It's a line of text and numbers rolling across, you know, the bottom of the screen. I mean, someday maybe in the middle, I don't know. And you can't ignore it. You can't take your eyes off it. That's not the way human eyes and brains are trained. I mean, you look at it. 
and you know you want you want to see what's going on, or you need to see what's going on. Some atavistic or ancient hunter-like or protective instinct in your brain in your body makes you uh, see anything that's moving in your area just to make sure that it's not hostile. So you watch this um, ribbon, and it's got you know scores, trades, injuries, contracts, uh, repetitive, 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 and it's incredibly distracting. They'll tell you what inning every single game is in that's being played at the moment where you're trying to watch. And worse than the ribbon, worse than the ribbon, and there's a million things here, but the worst thing of all these graphics um, is, uh, is something called the strike box. Now, this is pretty new, I think. I mean, I've been watching over the last couple of years. Maybe they had it before. But uh, baseball, people who watch this baseball know what this is. But this is what the strike box is. It's a rectangular outline that they've laid over the plate, you know, graphic. They lay, over, they lay it over home plate. And it's supposed to be, according to who, I don't know, um, if, the, if the pitch is inside the rectangle or just clips the line, it's a strike. If it's outside the line, it's a ball. They impose this thing, this annoying graphic, while, peach, while the game is on. And the ribbon is moving all the time. There's other boxes popping up all over the screen telling you this, that, and the other thing. Um, and what happens is the pitcher winds up, and then when he throws the ball, there's this sort of cartoon swish, like a cartoon swish of the ball headed towards home plate. And, um, and then it either hits inside the line or clips it or it hits outside the line. And if the umpire's call is wrong, you know, according to this ball, like, you know, let's say the ball goes, um, goes outside the line and he calls it a strike. The announcers point it out. You know, they're, they're very polite about it, but they're condescending, right? The poor old ump, you know, this uh, wretched human with his flaws, yelling, and yet yelling at the ump was part of the game. I mean, I suppose it is still part of the game, but as people become more robotized and passive, maybe people don't yell at the ump that much anymore. I don't know. But yelling at the ump was part of the game. You're like, wake up, ump. You're missing a good game. Well, you nuts? You call that a strike? Get your eyes examined and whatever else. You know? I mean, if you couldn't yell at the ump, if you couldn't yell at the ump, it wasn't even a baseball game, right? Uh, or you could, you could say good call if, it's your, if you're a team that he called in favor of. Um, uh, but when you're watching at home, this box, this strike box, it takes some of the emotion out of things, like all this other stuff. But this, this box is the worst. And, uh, you know, your mind, like I say, your mind automatically looks at it. And um, your judgment, what it does is it, it, um, it sort of steals a bit of your judgment and your imagination uh, away from you, which is what all this information and all these graphics do. They, and it's what, what, what uh, staring at smartphones all the time and all the apps and all the computers all the time. There's a tendency, if you're not really careful, to let these things take over so that your memory and your imagination and your ability to reflect on things becomes numb and dull to the point where if you don't have these things and you can't see them and you can't hear them every minute, uh, you don't know what to do. Your brain has already been um, robotized itself. And, you know, there's actually talk. I have heard talk, gossip, endless gossip from these announcers, uh, that they're thinking of getting rid of human umpires, especially at home plate, and even some of the base umpires, and replacing them with robots. True. They actually, you know, like the rest of the country, you know, people, uh, you know, people in uh, Trump land, a lot, of pe- a lot of guys in Trump land and women, you know, who voted for him, uh, have lost their jobs. Millions and millions of people have lost their jobs. Why? <clears throat> oh, because, uh, you know, the, uh, the corporations took them and moved them to Mexico or because the Democrats did something or welfare people or immigrants, blah, blah, bullshit. People lost their jobs mostly in this country. I mean, some of those reasons are true, especially uh, places like General Motors and God knows what other corporations and Apple and a million other places shipping jobs overseas and taking them away from Americans or not giving them to Americans. Um, but the main reason or one of the main reasons is uh, robots, you know, um, robotization has taken over the production of a great many things in the world, and especially in this country, uh, it has put millions of people out of jobs. Uh, but anyhow, they're talking about getting rid of, speaking of robots, getting rid of human home plate umpires. And um, uh, I don't know how they would do that. Well, maybe what they would do is just get rid of the umpires and uh, just have machines that, you know, machines measure the speed of the pitch. They measure everything now. They have machines to measure everything upside down, 52 different ways. And I'm sure they could be, and they have their strike box, right? So maybe they would just get rid of the umpires and have 
a kind of a, let's say, a hidden machine that makes the calls and instantly announces strike or, uh, or a ball or, you know, or a strikeout or, uh, you know, take a walk. And they could, you know, just replace it with a human voice, like the GPS voices in your cars. I mean, the first GPS voices were, uh, I don't know what they were because I haven't driven in a long time, but the first time I heard them, they were sort of um, very pleasant female voices. Is that what GPS voices are still like? Do they have male voices for GPS in cars? They do. And you can choose voices, right? Yeah? Okay, so they're different accents and all like that. But the, what they don't have, uh, what the GPS voices don't have, because I suppose that would be offensive, is if they didn't have a GPS voice and somebody uh, was sitting next to you, and we've all had this experience, uh, being the navigator and telling you, what did you take that turn for? Did I tell you to take that turn? In other words, the GPS voice is very polite. If you take a wrong turn or you take a, like a, uh, if you go somewhere that it didn't tell you to go, it'll just correct you in a very pleasant way and say, now you have to go here or you should go back there. Thank you very much, you know? But uh, <laughs> like, how, when are you going to stop and ask for directions? Oh, I'm sorry. I am the directions, right? When, why did you make that left turn? This is not where we need to go. And, you know, why don't you shut up and let me drive? <laughs> and you, you can't have these dialogues with the GPL. Well, you could have them. I mean, you could do whatever you want. It's your car, right? But um, uh, so they want to get rid of the uh, the umps, right, and have robots. And and I'm thinking, well, why not do it all the way? Why not go all all the way with this? While you're at it, you know, get rid of the players. Get <laughs> get rid of the players too. I mean, why stop with the umpires? I mean, uh, players make mistakes all the time too. Umpires make mistakes, but players make all these mistakes. They go into slumps. They make wild pitches. They drop routine ground balls, which you see all the time these days. Because everybody, uh, by the way, if you watch baseball and you know about baseball, everybody since they're like two years old these days is trained to hit a home run or strike out. I mean, everybody is trained to be a big-time hitter because that's what the crowds apparently want to see, and that's what's the most thrilling thing, and that's what makes the most money. Anybody who comes up who's a slugger who has got a high batting average, but especially who can hit, hit home runs or triples or doubles. So every pitcher, every, every uh, batter you see is trying to hit a home run all the time. The number of home runs, uh, the average number of home runs, uh, every season sets a new record. And the average number of strikeouts, too, which is, in the end, uh, it's exciting to see a home run, but it's boring baseball. So what happens is they concentrate on the hitting, and apparently they haven't taught anybody how to run uh, steal a base, and especially catch a ball or especially pick up a ball and throw it. There are so many errors that it's embarrassing. And these people are being paid. I mean, I'm, I'm not a professional athlete, right, obviously. You know, I'm not even, you know, even an amateur athlete. But uh, these guys, I mean, these are all professional athletes. But I never saw so many errors when I was watching baseball back then. People just didn't drop the ball all the time or throw it to the wrong base. Or, you know, run in the wrong direction or drop routine fly balls or pop-ups in the infield. It's astounding. It's astounding the level of incompetence. And, of course, they're getting 7 or 8 9 10 $12 million a year so they can uh, drop a, a routine ground ball to, uh, to second base. Anyhow, get rid of the players. Get rid of them, too. Get rid of the umps. Get rid of the players. I mean, they're all just too human. They get thrown out, stealing third. They want huge salaries. Uh, they have to be flown around in team jets and put up in expensive hotel rooms. Think of the money you could save if you just got rid of the players or put robots in. That could be programmed. The whole game could be programmed. You know, like, um, I think they do that. I don't know. See, this is, this is so out of it I am. In video games, I guess there's some unpredictability, but you can program a video game. If you have a sports video game, I guess you could program a player to make a shot. Uh, or hit a ball or, or uh, score in a hockey game. I guess you could do it. Um, I don't know. But um, um, so you could, pro you could just get robots, and all you have to do is maintain the robots, right? I mean, you could operate them from remote control or wirelessly, and you could have the whole thing programmed. So the whole game would be programmed out, only you don't, you know, you don't want to tell the, uh, the fans because they want to see an exciting game, right? So you see robots on the field. Um, the robots would not get injured. They'd be programmed so they don't get injured. You know, they're like the Terminator. Nothing is going to happen to them, right? Um, and get rid of, you know what? Get rid of, get rid of everybody. I said, you know, get rid of everybody. Just like the Terminator. Get rid of the managers, the coaches. Get rid of the vendors, the people who clean up the bathrooms, who clean up the, the, the seats in the stands. Get rid of everybody. And um, 
you know, just get rid of the fans too. Get rid of the fans. <laughs> the fans, you know, uh, the fans scream and yell. They boo. Sometimes they uh, they do things unacceptable things. They uh, you know they make a lot of noise. It's all very distracting. Let's just watch the game. Let's get watch the game. And what they could do is uh, soon Amazon will own everything. Amazon owns half the things in the world now, and uh, the other half is owned by Google. So soon there will be one. Um, there will only be one company. It'll be uh, Amazoodle or Googleon, right? And what will happen is they'll own everything. So you could just watch a, pr- a pre-programmed robot game. You know, they make everybody like, you know, give them, yeah, red hair. Make them look like humans, you know, androids like in the Terminator. Terminator. <laughs> in the Terminator. And, um, and then you watch the game and they just automatically deduct, uh, you know, uh, a certain amount of money from your bank account. That's the way to do it, right? So, uh, I don't know, maybe Amazon is actually considering doing this right now. Maybe I'll, maybe next time I come in here, uh, there'll be a robot and a robot uh, radio personality. I don't know. And these crazy graphics, if it's not just the, the statistics and the robotization of everything, the graphics. I mean, in the stands, big bands around the stands, they have these digital exploding moving screens. Let's go Mets. Let's make noise. Let's make noise. Let's, let's do this. Cheer. And they program the cheers. And the, their cheer, the words are say cheers with exclamation points. Cheer, yell, boo, make noise. What, what, are people just total idiots? They, they can't make noise or cheer without some digital voice and an exploding sign to tell them to do it. And on top of that, there's a giant, and you see this You see this when you're watching TV. I haven't been to a game. I don't think I could stand going to a game. I am far too overwhelmed by uh, noise and by, uh, and by lights. Uh, I just can't take it. It's worse now than it ever was. It used to be bad, but now it's just too much for me. So what I, I can see these things, though, from watching on TV. There's a giant monster video screen above the center field stands in all these stadiums. And what you see is uh, replays, constant. if there's instant replays, you see replays of everything. Uh, you see the headshot of the, uh, the current batter, statistics, replays, scores in other games. Uh, there's, uh, I don't know, things popping up or, or blowing up or whatever. This... All this stuff where they tell you to cheer and there are pre-programmed what sound like actual people, you know, cheering and all these graphics and all these things and these giant uh, displays, all this stuff they show you all the time to basically uh, uh, stimulate you and get you in the right direction and make you do things. It reminds me of what uh, of these Nuremberg rallies, of the Nazi Nuremberg rallies, where everything was exactly programmed. The giant banners and the huge manipulative, um, uh, you know, speeches and uh, and the giant swastikas everywhere. And they would tell you, you know, Sig Heil, Sig Heil, let's go Mets, let's go Mets. Cheers are great, and when people cheer in the stands. Naturally, you can hear that when you're watching. You can hear the people in the stands cheering when you're watching, and that's good. But they have, like, pre-programmed cheers telling you to make noise and to cheer. I mean, the Nazis, with all the stuff they have now to get people to do things and uh, to, 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 you know, to drag people along and to making cheers and making noise when they may not want to be doing that. I mean, it, the Nazis, if they had this, they would only dream. The Nazis used to dream about stuff like this. They wish they had things like this to manipulate people. I mean, they wish they had things like this. And, and speaking of machines, speaking of machines, of course, uh, since we're in, living in the computer world, I mean, this is, we're inside the computer world, well, while all this pounding audio and video is going on, there are 1,000 people or 2,000 people in the stands at any game staring at their smartphones. They're staring at their smartphones. I guess if they miss a play though I don't know why they paid all that money just to stare at their uh, iPhone. But if they miss a play, they can always look up at the monster video thing on the screen and see the replay um, on, on the video in center field. Or they can just look and see the replay on their uh, smartphones. I mean, why go to the game in the first place? Why not, you know, you can sit in my living room. There's an extra chair usually. And then instant replays, man, instant replays. I think maybe somebody could check for me. Maybe, I don't know. Instant replays must be around for decades, I guess. But when I was watching in the 50s and 60s, um, you know, I watch baseball for decades now. I don't know because there was a time in the 60s and the 70s and for other reasons in the 80s, but especially the 60s and the 70s when I was busy 
you know, along with uh, everybody else in the country, trying to turn the entire country upside down and get it to move in the right direction. Uh, you know, we all had uh, we all had our grandiose dreams, but we're all out there doing this too. So, in other words, there were things that we were doing, very political and very active. Uh, I don't think so many people are doing so much. Actually, they are now. With the advent of Trump, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to see that that people are out in the streets again and people are protesting and people are, are demonstrating everywhere. I haven't seen that for like 50 years now, you know? And people were out doing that then. Anyhow, suffice it to say, between uh, me and my various amours and uh, maybe the beginning of the first of my three marriages and God knows what else I was doing out in the streets or demonstrating or politics or getting involved in various jobs, I, didn't, I stopped watching uh, sports pretty much in the late 60s and the 70s and really didn't take it up again until, um, uh, when was it? I suppose in the 90s when my son, son started to watch hockey and I watched it with him and then I started to become a hockey fan. After he outgrew that, he's not watching much anymore, then I let it drift and only recently am I watching for various reasons, mostly because I'm homebound a lot, am I watching baseball on TV. And, um, but the instant replay, when did they invent the instant replay? When I was... Younger and back you know, before the 60s, back before the 70s, you could not see the same play over and over and over again in slow motion or even in regular motion. But they have instant replays now of everything all the time, over and over and over again. Every pitch, every swing, uh, swings and misses, hits, throws, errors, a player scratching his balls. They will show you that from five different angles. They will show you that from five different angles. And the home runs, see, that's the thing. They, if somebody hits a home run, and every player, like I say, is trying to hit a home run all the time, they replay the home run over and over and over again from several different angles. And what happens? The same as what happens with all the statistics, and this happens with these graphics, it loses its meaning. It loses its meaning. If you do the same thing over and over and over again, it takes value and weight and meaning out of itself. It's gone. When we were kids, I don't know if people, maybe all kids in every generation, there was something we said, just say the same word over and over and over again. Um, I don't know. Uh, apple, 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 until it doesn't mean anything. It's like some sort of a silly nervous tick game some kids play. You know, duck, 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 duck. Then you don't even know what the word means. If you see an instant replay over and over and over and over again of even an exciting home run, it takes the thrill out of it, just like all this other stuff. And then the other thing they'll show you on instant replays, which is just nothing but sadistic. I don't know why they do it. I don't know who's in charge of this. Um, uh, but they'll show you injuries. If a player slides into home plate and uh, breaks their ankle hitting uh, the catcher, or if somebody, um, if somebody goes for a ground ball and, uh, you know, uh, you know, it uh, bounces up and hits them in the face, or let somebody, uh, uh, a hitter, smacks a ball, you know, like 150 miles an hour, bang, right into the pitcher's face. Any really bad injury, some outfielder crashes into a wall or hits another outfielder, they will show you this 25 times while, you know, the trainer and medical people or whatever or the coach are out coming out to talk to the player or they're in agony and they're grimacing in pain, right? Or they're clearly really badly injured or even somewhat smaller injuries. While this is going on and the game is paused for people to examine this and to check it out to see if they're going to leave the player in, they will show you this over and over and over again. How many times must you see somebody being hurt? There's something inherently sadistic about this. And while they're showing you, of course, you know, the commentators are, um, you know, are, are explaining all this. They're explaining all this. All this information, I mean, I, I don't know if it, if it expands... All the statistics and all the information they give you. If all this stuff, does it expand the capacity of your brain or does it shut your brain down? I think it numbs the brain and all the sensations. It's like everything else these days in our society. There's too much information. There's a visual and audio of every shooting, stabbing, explosion, mass murder, drownings, riots, starvation. You never stop seeing this stuff or hearing about it. And I think what it does is it takes the compassion out of you. If you see the same thing over and over again, how many times can you see this stuff before you tune away or don't want to see it or it doesn't mean anything anymore? And 
What I want to know about all this stuff is, while I'm watching this stuff, who decided we needed to see and hear all this stuff? How do they figure out that viewers want to know all this useless crap? I mean, what it is, it's the world of the Internet. It's the world of the Internet and computers and Wi-Fi and smartphones. There's a perpetual tidal wave in all aspects of our lives of information, gossip, statistics, business, music, pornography, games, five million views of cute little doggies and bunnies on YouTube. There is no fucking end to it. So we're used to this stuff. I think the entire society, about 80% of the country, has attention deficit disorder. I think they do. Being exposed to all this jumping, yelling, beeping, eyeball attacking shit every minute. And it's no coincidence, like I said before, that a large part of the country is taking drugs, prescription drugs to calm down, opiates to calm down, drugs that just take them off heroin, to take them off in another world, because it's too busy and crazy and loud and bright and fast. There's got to be some kind of end to this. And the greatest addiction we have in this country, speaking of addictions, is to the electronic devices. People clutch them like little kids. They walk on the streets. You can see it everywhere. People clutch these devices, the smartphones. They clutch them in their hands like little kids clutch teddy bears or blankies or something like that. They cannot even take their hands off them, let alone their eyes. I mean, the people who come up with all these statistics, they live in a computer world like fish live in the sea. They don't know any difference. There used to be this old joke, uh, this old joke. Uh, why does a dog lick his balls? And the answer to the joke is because he can. Now, maybe you think that's funny or maybe you don't think it's funny. It's certainly vulgar. But that, why do statistics nerds come up with arcane, trivial nonsense? And why do directors and producers of sports casts, you know, uh, sports casts use them? And why do the announcers and commentators assault your eardrums with them? Because they can. It's like the emperor's new clothes. Somebody's figured out that everybody wants to hear all this shit. And uh, so then that's it. You know, some focus group. Um, well, I don't know. But, uh, and then, of course, ah, it's, um, it's the commercials. Now, there were always commercials. Every baseball field, all the old fields were named like Wrigley Field or Shea Stadium or uh, whatever, Griffith Park. All the old fields were named after people. They were named once in a while after, um, you know, players. But essentially, they were named after very rich people who owned the teams. So it's always been a business. Baseball has always been a business, right? And there were, you know, commercials. Uh, there were billboards out in, uh, in the fields back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. All these billboards, you know, Schlitz beer, whatever the beer was, um, you know, Chevy's. Um, so that was always there, right? And then uh, if you watched on TV in between innings, they would, uh, you know, they would show you uh, commercials, right? And they were usually for cars, always for cars, just like they're for cars now. Uh, but now the commercials are more frequent. They're faster. There's a faster switch in camera shots. Uh, no longer than one or two seconds is a camera shot. And your eyes are spinning out of your head. They're noisier. And if you watch one game or tend to watch games frequently, the same commercials over and over and over again, of course. And it's almost always cars. It's always cars. I want to go out in the world and blow up every car. I don't want to ever see another car. But, of course... With all this stuff I'm saying, you say to yourself, and you probably said it as I've been talking, then turn the thing off. <laughs> Don't watch. Do something else. You know, read a book. I do read books. I just like to watch baseball games. So I hit the mute, right? I hit the mute button. Whoever invented the mute button is one of the great contributors to the health of modern human beings. Whoever hit the mute button is a genius. I don't know who it was. Whoever invented the mute button, I don't know. But the commercials everywhere all the time. Yeah, that was, that was true. But now, because of graphics and computers, they have commercials in the middle of the screen that pop up while people are playing a game in the middle of the screen. And this, you know, there's a, you know they're, they're standing there and the pitcher's about to pitch or somebody's running to first base or like they're waiting for a pitch or something. And with sound, there's a Chevy truck ribbon that goes right across the middle of the screen or a Belmont racetrack with, uh, you know, um, the trumpet sound for, uh, for, the, for the track. Hospitals, banks, and then more statistics all the time. And everything is brought to you by somebody. If they're telling you some unnecessary statistic, it'll say, here's the Verizon's uh, pitch count. Here's, here's, this, here's, the, <laughs> here's the spectrum, uh, you know, first pitch velocity. I mean, it's not enough that these companies are already robbing you blind every month. Uh, your cable bill goes up all the time with these bullshit charges. 
Then they have regular commercials, you know, between innings. And on top of that, while the game is going on, or there's some stupid uh, thing that's going on, they, they have these pop-up graphics, and they're presented by uh, the, the fifth inning is brought to you by Ford. <laughs> fifth inning is brought to you by Ford. The replay, this replay is brought to you by Verizon. This close-up of the catcher's crotch is brought to you by Papa John's Pizza. I mean, there's nothing that isn't commercialized. There's no end to it. Um, an example of, uh, of this. And then after that, it's the announcers, the announcers and the commentators that never shut their mouths. Though I say it who shut, never shuts his mouth. But at least it's containable for uh, 55 minutes. I mean, they never shut up. They just aren't quiet. Uh, the color commentators, uh, there's a color commentator for the Met. These people tend, for the Mets, these people tend to be former baseball players. And most of them are very boring. And they don't have good voices either to speak on, you know, on the radio or on TV. But they're there anyhow. Uh, one of the better ones is, for the Mets, um, and for anybody, is Keith Hernandez, who's a former star first baseman for the Mets. <clears throat> and they have a really good announcer, Gary Cohn, um, uh, the Mets do. And, uh, but obviously, the director and the sponsors want... Uh, all these statistics, and they want all this talking all the time. Uh, so you'll, you'll get this is typical, right? And Hernandez wants no part of it. He's an old-fashioned player, and I guess he feels the way I do about it, and he's been a player too. So uh, Gary Cohn will say to him, um, the announcer will say, are you interested in the exit velocity of that home run? And Hernandez will say no, <laughs> or I couldn't care less. God bless him for that, right? Uh, but lately, he's been quiet. He was obviously told to shut up about it rather than express his opinion. You know, it's got to be statistics. We've got to hear this gossip and everything all the time. Uh, and so what do they talk about? Uh, endless long stories about baseball, which are sometimes interesting, but generally not, because they don't really talk to the listeners anymore. They don't talk to the viewers. There's three of them in the booth. It used to be just one announcer for games. And when he would reminisce, that's all you heard was his announce, was his, was his reminiscences, or he'd comment on the game. And the thing was, if there wasn't something going on in the game, if something wasn't happening in the game that was active or really important to talk about, the announcer, and it was just one of them, would shut up and just let you enjoy the game. He would pause. Pauses are as much a part of a game as the plays themselves. I mean, they are. Dozens and dozens of pauses. Pitchers using the rosin bag, players shuffling their feet, uh, or pounding their fists into the mitts, the batter knocking dirt out of his cleats, that kind of thing, running on and off the field, a relief pitcher comes in. There's a million pauses. And like I say, when nothing was really going on important in the game, the announcer would actually shut up and let you watch the game. Pauses, and you get a chance to reflect on the game um, and to sit there and just sort of think about what was happening or what had happened or what you might do if you were the manager or whatever. There was. didn't talk to you every second. There wasn't a graphic in your face. Pauses are important. Pauses, like in a baseball game, pauses are important as, as the plays themselves sometimes. But pauses are the same way they're as important in every part of your life, in your body, in your mind, in society. Pauses are, are the invisible and the sometimes inaudible moments in every, uh, everything that frame any kind of action in your life. Um, and, and, and pauses actually engender action. Well, apparently... Nothing seems to be happening. There's a pause. Everything is happening. I mean, the universe came out of a void, right? Out of nothing, God created, you know, uh, men, women, plants, animals, the weather, the earth. Um, and, uh, I mean, just phrases like a pregnant pause, you know, a pregnant pause. Um, that's, that's how it is. You, when you sleep, you're pausing. But what goes on when you're sleeping? All this stuff, all this repair work. And when you, when you eat, after you eat, you have to sit and you have to digest your food. And without pausing, there's no time to uh, reflect and digest and get ready for the next burst of action. It's just even like the beating of your heart. Uh, you know, your heart beats. If your heart beat every, if, if your heart never stopped beating constantly, it would blow up after oil and you, it would wear out. And just like when you're breathing in meditation or like when they teach you, when you're breathing, you breathe in. You breathe out. And uh, at the end of each uh, in-breath and out-breath, there is a natural pause, which uh, nature has built into every uh, human being. If you didn't have these pause, you'd run out of breath and you'd like fall over. 
but there's no pause in the electrotechnic IV that's hooked up to your nervous system and your brain every minute. Um, WINS Radio in New, York, in New York used to have a motto uh, for their nonstop talk station. Uh, they used to say, you give us 22 minutes and we give you the world. Now, that sounds old-fashioned and stupid. Basically, now it's you give us 22 seconds and we will jam the universe right down your throat. Yeah, well, all right, enough of this. I'm aware of the tremendous irony here. I am broadcasting over an Internet station, and you who are listening, all 12 of you, um, you're listening to this on a computer or a smartphone. And uh, I'll tell you, anyway, who am I uh, to try to hold back the march of progress? Everything is bigger, stronger, noisier, faster. So if I don't like it, I could just get my wheelchair and roll myself on out to the park and stay there. And yeah, this is classic old fart nostalgia. But I tell you, it really does, it really does bother me. I really miss watching good old-fashioned games. We have uh, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellas on the St. Louis I'm, team. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Do you know the fellas' names? Yes. Well, then who's playing first? Yes. I mean, the fellas' name on first base. Who? The fella playing first base for St. Louis. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Well, what are you asking me for? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first baseman. Who is on first? Have you got a first baseman on first? Certainly. Then who's playing first? Absolutely. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. Why not? The man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. So who gets it? Why shouldn't he? Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Who's wife? Yes. <laughs> After all, a man earns it. Who does? Absolutely. Well, all I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? Oh, no, no. What is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? That's what I'm trying to find out. Well, don't change the players. I'm not changing nobody. Well, take it easy. What's the guy's name on first base? What's the guy's name on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. We're not talking about him. How did I get on third base? You mentioned his name. If I mention a third baseman's name, who did I say is playing third? No, who's playing first? Stay off of first, will you? Well, what do you want me to do? Now, what's the guy's name on third base? Well, what's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. There I go, back on third again. Well, I can't change their names. Will you please stay on third base, Mr. Broadhurst? Please. Now, what is it you want to know? What is the fella's name on third base? What is the fella's name on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. Woo! You got an outfield? Oh, sure. St. Louis has got a oh, good outfield? Absolutely. The left fielder's name. Why? I don't know. I just thought I'd ask you. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Then tell me who's playing left field. Who is playing first? Stay out of the infield! Well, don't mention their names out here. I want to know what's the fellow's name in left field. What is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who is on first? I don't know. Third, Third base. base. Oh, take it easy. Take it easy, man. And the left fielder's name? Why? Because. Oh, he's center field. He's center. Will you pick up your hat, please? Pick up your hat and look. stop this. Oh, look, Mr. Broadhurst. Yes. Wait a minute. You got a pitcher on a team? Wouldn't this be a fine team without a pitcher? I don't know. Tell me the pitcher's name. Tomorrow. You don't want to tell me the date? I'm telling you, man. And go ahead. Tomorrow. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow are you going to tell me who's pitching? Now, listen. Who is not pitching? Who is on? I'll break your run, you say. Who's on first? I come up here and ask. I want to know what's the pitcher's name. What's on second? I don't know. Third base. You got a catcher? Yes. The catcher's name. Today. Today. And tomorrow's pitching. Now you've got it. That's all. St. Louis has got a couple of days on the team. Well, I can't help that. All right. (laughs) What do you want me to do? Got a catcher? Yes. I'm a good catcher, too, you know. I know that. I would like to play for the St. Louis team. Well, I might arrange that. I I would like to catch. Now, I'm being a good catcher. Tomorrow's pitching on the team and I'm catching. Yes. Tomorrow throws the ball and the guy up bunts the ball. Yes. Now, when he bunts the ball, me being a good catcher, I want to throw the guy out at first base, so I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, that's all you have to do. Is to throw it to first base. Yeah. Now, who's got it? Naturally. Who has it? Naturally. 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 Okay. Now you've got it. I pick up the ball and I throw it to naturally. I know, you Please. don't. You throw the ball to first base. Then who gets it? Naturally. Okay. All right. 
I throw the ball and naturally. You don't. You throw it to who? Naturally. Well, that's it. Say it that way. That's what I said. You did not. I said I throw the ball to naturally. You don't. You throw it to who? Naturally. Yes. So I throw the ball to first base and naturally gets no, it. No, you throw the ball to first base. Then who gets naturally. it? Naturally. That's what I'm saying. You're not saying that. Excuse me, folks. All right, I'm sorry, friend. I throw the ball to naturally. You throw it to who? Naturally. Naturally. Well, say it that way. That's what I'm saying. Don't get excited. Now, don't get I excited. I throw the ball to first base. Then who gets it? He better get it. All right, now, don't get excited. Take it easy. Hmm. Now, I throw the ball to first base. Whoever it is drops the ball so the guy runs to second. Mm -hmm. Who picks up the ball and throws it to what? What throws it? I don't know. I don't know. Throws it back to tomorrow. A triple play. Yeah, it could be. Another guy gets up and it's a long fly ball to be caused. Why? I don't know. He's on third and I don't care. What was that? I said, I don't care. Oh, that's a shortstop. Here Okay, who's on first? Which is uh, better if you're watching on a video? Go to YouTube, uh, YouTube, and see who's on first. It's old, but it's funny. Uh, it's uh, always funny. All right, <clears throat> this is Mike Fader, and uh, this has been the Turning Point. Uh, we are here live on PRN every Friday morning uh, at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, and there are obviously there are podcasts. Uh, as always, thanks for listening, and please do me a favor. I don't like thinking. That I'm doing this by, I'm, and nobody's listening. It's like I'm howling in the wilderness, like a wolf in the, you know, in the forest or something. If you have something to say about this show, get in touch. Go to Fader Files, F-E-D-E-R-F-I-L-E-S dot com. It's important to me. I mean, I'm a performer like any other performer. You've got to have an audience, or what's the point, right? All right, thank you. Well, it's all.